Coming up on this week's Planet Japan, a streaker at the Moo Bar and the real reason Japan lost at the World Cup. Stay tuned for episode 57. Keith Richards strikes a deal with God. Direct from Okayama City in the heartland of Japan, it's yet another episode of Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Join them as they guide you through the wacky and the whimsical, the weird and the wonderful, from everyone's favorite planet, from sea to shining sea. It's time for another exciting adventure. And now, here's Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. Well, it seems a guy walked up to the famous Moo Bar on Shiraishi Island. And I said to him, Would you like a drink?、Uh, no, thanks. I don't drink. I-, I tried it once, but I didn't really like it. Oh, well then, would you like a cigarette? No,、nah, no thanks. I don't smoke. I tried it once, but didn't really like it. Oh, well, perhaps you'd like to relax in one of our hammocks. You know what? Don't like hammocks. I tried it once, but I didn't really like it. I wouldn't be here at all if I wasn't just, you know, waiting for my son. Your only son, I'm guessing?、Uh, as a matter of fact, it is. How did you know that? <laughs> It's my only son. I tried.、Uh, okay. You got it. You got it. Yeah, that's the gist. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Good I joke.、Know. I may have to file that in the lame joke file. Ah, well. I don't know. What do you think? I thought it was pretty cute, actually. Kind of cute? Okay.、Yeah. So, I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Chavez. And this is episode 57 of Planet Japan. Mom. Welcome. Okay, now before we get started, I have something. Kind of fun, kind of cool, kind of interesting, kind of out there, kind of, kind of amazing. What is it? It's a little trick. Okay, my, my crazy brother in Colorado sent this to me. And <laughs> it's something everybody can do as they listen. It's an interactive kind of thing. Okay, let's go. Okay, here's what you do you're sitting down. Actually, I think you can stand up, but maybe it works better if you're sitting. You're sitting in a chair. You, you take your right foot, you lift up your right foot off the ground, and you move your right foot in a clockwise direction. This is at the ankle, right? With your ankle. Just, you just turn your foot in a circle、yeah. in a clockwise direction. Right. Yeah. Running with your toes. That's the first part. Then, as you continue to move your foot in a clockwise circle, I want you to take the finger of your right hand and draw the number six in the air with your finger. Okay. Okay. I'm doing it. And? And? Anything exciting happening? Your foot changed direction. Didn't it, it did. Yeah. It I went, didn't even tell it to. It went in a counterclockwise direction. Whoa. It's nearly impossible to, to draw the number six and get your foot to go in a clockwise direction. Wow. Yeah. If there's somebody out there that's, that's able to do it, please send us you know, some kind of proof because we can't <laughs> just accept your word for it. Now, I wonder if this works with left handed people or do you have to be right handed? That would be, if you're left handed, Uh, do a little experimenting for me. Maybe you have to change everything. <laughs> well, maybe Australians can do it. Because they're down, they're down under. under. Yeah, maybe it's a whole different thing if you're,、yeah. if you're down under.、Mm. Yeah, maybe you have to reverse everything that way, too. Interesting. One of those little brain tricks that your brain does. Yeah, pretty strange.、Mm. Okay. That's my contribution, my cultural contribution for today.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much.、Uh, sure,、Good. anytime.、Yeah. Okay. So I heard you had a streaker out at the Moo Bar. Yeah, it was,、uh, it was the first time. Oh, first and, time. And、uh, I liked it. What happened? Well, <laughs>、um, this guy, he came over to the Moo shop, which is next to the Moo bar,、uh-huh. and he started trying on、uh, skirts. Very, <laughs> yep, very short wraparound skirts. Oh, indeed. And、uh, at first I looked over and he was wearing absolutely nothing. Because he's like, oh, do you mind if I try on <laughs> the skirts? I'm like, well, 
sure. Uh-huh. And uh, he took off his shorts right there and Ooh. was just, yep. And then he started trying on the skirts. Uh-huh. And then when he found the skirt that he liked, he started running around <laughs> uh, saying, like, lifting up his skirt to all the customers. Oh, dear. Yeah, like That's running around. You yeah. Know, it's, a, it's the beach area, so right. there was quite a bit of space there. Uh-huh. Um, and he had a wine glass in one hand, and with the other <laughs> hand, he kept lifting up his skirt saying, Okay, this, ne? Oh, my God. Isn't it big? Oh, my God. Uh, it was pretty funny. Did this guy appear to have all his uh, mental faculties together, or was he just really drunk? I think he was just really drunk. Yeah. And actually, eventually, he just kind of collapsed in a heap on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but his girlfriend was there. It was so funny, and she was just humored by the whole thing. Oh, she thought it was amusing. Yeah, she wasn't yeah. even drinking, because, of course, she had to look after him as if he was uh-huh. a child. She didn't join in the fun, then. Mm-hmm. She remained fully clothed. She did. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I wrote a column about this because mm-hmm. it was it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then he uh, after he woke up again, then after having passed out. And this is the funny thing about Japanese, you know, they they pass out, but there's always a revival. They get up again, and uh, he comes over to the bar and he grabs a banana <laughs> off the bar. That's not good. And then he uh, starts, uh, you know, putting that under his skirt, uh-huh. saying, "Oh, kidas ne." <laughs> and when w- what happened when the police arrived? Oh, no. no. There are no. <laughs> There's only one cop on the island. <laughs> well, that's true. And he, yeah. yeah, he was probably out kayaking. <laughs> the other, seriously, the other day he came out to the bar uh, with his wife and they had a juice. The and, cop? Yeah. Or the streaker? No, the cop. I said, oh, you've got a day off, huh? He's like, no, I'm on duty. Okay. And then he went kayaking. He was in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to be a cop, that would be the place to be a cop, I'm guessing. Yeah. Should I, should Jima? Definitely. Where yeah. not much really happens. Right. You'd yeah. be like the kind of the Barney Fife of Shidaishi. Well, the big uh, World Cup soccer tournament is coming to a close very soon. Yeah. We've uh, narrowed down the uh, teams to the last four teams. They're in the semifinals. By the time people listen to this, they'll probably be down to the two final teams. Right. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a prediction about who's going to win? Both of my favorites are already out. That was Argentina and Ah, Brazil. Too bad. Yeah, Yeah, Brazil, that was kind of a shocker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they lost one to nothing to uh, France. Now, there were a couple other games where, um, after 120 minutes of kicking the ball around the field, they uh, had a 0-0 tie. The big penalty, penalty, shoots, yeah. penalty kick shootout. They get five <laughs> chances, best out of five wins. You know, those are kind of exciting. I'm kind of wondering, though, why in soccer, why they just don't have a uh, like a sudden death overtime? First team to score is the winner. I suppose, though, if you had a sudden death overtime, given the fact that it's nearly impossible to score a goal in soccer, you could be playing for days and days, weeks and weeks, without having any resolution. Maybe that's why they have the shootout, you yeah. think? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Anyway, here's my idea. The penalty kick shootouts are indeed exciting. I'm I'm proposing they abandon the running back and forth on the field and just do the, the penalty kick, maybe like best out of 50. Right, just yeah. start out with the penalty mm-hmm. shoots, yeah. Yeah, they just take turns going back and forth and just make it a penalty kick shoot. Now, that would be exciting. Truly. Indeed. it would be some big soccer scores, yeah? <laughs> Okay. I like that. Yeah, well, nobody listens to my ideas about mm-hmm. soccer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I have because I have some. I think very creative ideas, but creative nobody, ideas. nobody of any importance listens to my ideas, which is kind of frustrating. Well, maybe you can become the next Japan coach since Zico's gone. Zico's gone. Yeah. yeah. After making excuses. Well, yeah. Apparently, uh, there were some interesting excuses as to exactly why the Japanese lost. Yeah. I mean, after all, they're Japanese. They should win, right? And it had nothing to do with the fact that the team kind of sucked. Oh, no. No, no. Not at all. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) One of them, the coach himself, Zico, said that he felt that it was because his team had to play 
two games during 40 degree heat. Yeah, that's 104 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty right. pretty damn hot. Which is true, but a soccer game is between two teams, so both teams were at the disadvantage. However, uh, the Japan team did have to play two games at 3 p.m., where most of the other teams only had to play one game Indeed, at yeah. that time. And did you hear the reason why? I did. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they originally didn't have to play those games at 3 p.m., but the Japanese broadcasters put up a fit because they had sunk more than 14 billion yen, mm -hmm. right, yeah. into getting the rights to air the games, and they wanted to be able to air them on prime time. That's right. Which so would they be like, asked uh, them to change it to 3 p.m. Which is like 10 o'clock, I think, Japan time. Yeah, that's yeah. what the earlier games when they were televised at right. 10. Yeah. So if they were going to play at 6 or 9 Germany time, that would mean the games would start here at 1 or 4 in the morning. So because the Japanese broadcasters wanted the games to start at 10 o'clock here, they kind of forced the Japanese team to play in this really horrible heat at 3 o'clock. So one why theory goes. That's what Zico was upset about? Apparently, yeah. I see. Um, it was indicated that this was, yeah, what he was pissed off about. Okay. Yeah. And then, because he, I, what exactly he said was that soccer is a business and the players are often sacrificed. Oh, yeah. Well, so, there you go. There you go. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> now, the other thing that someone brought up, which I thought was kind of interesting, but yet a poor excuse, was that Japanese soccer players do not grow up playing on grass. Ah, there is no grass in Japan. Well, that's true. It'd be yeah. pretty hard to find grass in Japan. It's all concrete. Yeah. There aren't even any trees. Have you noticed? There's no trees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but they kind of don't have the opportunity to develop an interest in soccer naturally. Mm. It's all through these organized sports. Yeah. So we're usually think of like South American uh, kids, African kids, European kids. They pick it up on the street, right? They get together with their friends and mm -hmm. someone has a ball and they just go outside and start kicking it around. Right. But in Japan, you actually can't do that. And this is something that's hard to explain to people who have never been to Japan. There's actually no place on the street just to go out and play. Yeah. And Everything's concreted over. It's not quite the same playing soccer inside a small apartment. Right. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah, uh -huh. even if you get green carpet, it's sure. just not the same. It's not the same. So there you go. Those are obviously the reasons why Japan lost in the World Cup. Well, obviously. Yeah. Right. Because obviously they were the superior team. Surely. And stop calling me Shirley. Our so-called president took uh, Mr. Koizumi to Graceland just as he threatened he would do. And they had a good old time, a high old time. They all had the Elvis sunglasses on. And uh, on the way there on Air Force One, they were playing Elvis songs and Elvis movies. And they were even, the cook on the airplane, made these really delicious-looking grilled peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which, as you know, was Elvis's favorite. So when offered to the so-called president and uh, Mr. Koizumi, they uh, both said, uh, you know what? No, thanks. Doesn't they really, turned them down? Yeah, doesn't look that good. Oh, that was rude. I don't, have you ever had that uh, grilled peanut butter and banana yeah. sandwich? No, can't say I have. We should try it. And, and uh, you know, see what see what happens. Yeah. See if we explode. Anyway, they had a good old time. He actually met uh, Elvis Presley's daughter and wife, Lisa Marie and Priscilla. Yeah, they showed him around the house. I wonder if he used uh, the toilet, the one where Elvis died. <laughs> I heard that Koizumi has the same birthday as Elvis. Yeah, he has the same birthday. He knows all of Elvis's songs. A lot of people think he may indeed be possessed by the spirit of Elvis Presley. Well, it's it's funny because the prime minister 
obviously had a great time, but it didn't look like Bush was having as great a time. He was he uh, left out of all yeah, of it. He, he didn't was, quite get it. He didn't quite know what to make of the whole thing, and he refused to put on the sunglasses. Yeah. Everybody was putting on the sunglasses. He's like, uh, no, you know, I'm the president. I'm not going to put on the sunglasses. I no. think uh, Koizumi is a great example of this, of how obsessive the Japanese are about their hobbies, you know, mm. and about certain stars and yeah. fandom and stuff. Yeah. So actually it was rather appropriate, I yeah. think. He digs yeah. Elvis. Bush called him my buddy. He says he's my buddy. Mm. <laughs> he's my pal. We're good buddies. Yep. Yeah. They had fun. Speaking of uh, iconic rock stars, this is, or just recently was, the 40th anniversary of the big uh, Beatles concert here in uh, Japan, in Tokyo. July 2nd, 1966. Yeah, that was a very interesting uh, phenomenon when the Beatles came to Japan. They had real tight security, and so they were kind of prisoners in their hotel. Well, I didn't realize that, I mean, when I heard about the celebrations and everything for the 40 years ago and all that. And I thought, what is the big deal, you know? But actually, it was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. And uh, they really, there were a lot of critics who didn't feel that the Beatles should come to Japan. Mm-hmm. And they definitely didn't feel that they should be putting on a concert in the Budokan, which was a structure that had been uh, built for the martial arts mm-hmm. and things that were very, you know, stoic and embodied the Shinto spirit. Right. So to have these, like, wild rock stars perform there was just a bit too much. They considered it to be an assault on the Japanese culture. Indeed. Well, and actually, they tried to get the venue moved from uh, not the Budokan, but a trash heap. Huh? Truly, yeah. This place called uh, Dream Island, Mm -hmm. which was a landfill. Okay, they were going to have the concert there. They, they were trying. Now, there, there were all these right-wingers who were uh-huh. really against this, you know, infiltration of pollution you know, yeah. into the Japanese culture. And uh, they actually threatened to capture the Beatles once they arrived in Tokyo uh-huh. and cut off their mop tops. Now, that would have been a photo opportunity. Yeah, can yeah. you imagine? Uh, the, the big crazy right-wingers out there, maybe with their sores just slicing off their uh, their hair. That's that would right. be Yeah, that would be interesting. So they ended up getting uh, 40 armored personnel carriers (laughs) to deal with this. Right. Truly. And the Tokyo schools got all upset then. Yeah. Okay. Because they thought that rock music would turn their students into delinquents and hooligans. Oh, well, yeah. That turned out to be true, actually. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They even started a movement to stop the students from playing electric guitars. Indeed. Yeah, be, well, you can't, have, you can't have your students playing electric guitars because then they're going to listen to rock music, then they're going to turn into a degenerate. Well, obviously. But anyway, so you know how mad the Japanese are about the Beatles. I mean, this really was a cultural turning point for mm-hmm, Japan. Sure. And they embraced the Beatles so wholeheartedly. Even today, everyone knows all the Beatles songs, mm-hmm. right? And they can recite them. And I'm sure Koizumi could even mm-hmm. uh, rattle off a few Beatles songs as well as Elvis songs. Yeah, oh, he's not a bad singer. Mm-hmm. Well, I take that back. He is kind of a <laughs> so then, at the place where the Beatles stayed was the Tokyo Hilton mm-hmm. at the time. Now, it's the uh, Capital Tokyo Hotel. Okay. But they were having a special for the anniversary, and you could stay in the presidential suite, which is where the Fab Four stayed. That'd be fun. For only 115,000 yen. It's a bargain. Wow. Over a yeah. thousand bucks for the night. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's a cheap price. It was only one quarter of the regular price. Now, inside this room, they get all, all the furniture still the same. From the Beatles days? Yeah. Cool. Speaking of uh, 
crazy musicians. There was another very famous musician just recently who was uh, surprisingly a, a, a part of a uh, religious musical CD. This uh, particular musician was playing the guitar on songs such as I Want Jesus to Walk With Me and Rock in Jerusalem. Keith Richards. Apparently he, uh, he may have sympathy for the devil, but he also jams for Jehovah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good line, which I stole directly from <laughs> <laughs> this writer. Yeah. Interesting, though. Apparently he had a, some kind of a family tie. His sister-in-law was married to a minister or something, and they put together this. Oh, it was a favor. A kind of a favor. Well, yeah, but he apparently enjoyed himself, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. You know, in life, you got to look at both sides of the equation, I think. Yeah. So good luck to Keith. You know, he recently fell out of a tree. Oh, I heard that. He yeah. went up to get a coconut or something? <laughs> was, was Wasn't that it? it? Really? Yeah. He went for a coconut. Something, yeah. Fell out of a tree. Mm-hmm. He was drunk. <laughs> uh, that could, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, but I guess he's all right now because he's he's jamming for Jehovah. Well, there you go. That's probably why yeah. he was saved <laughs> when he fell out of the exactly. tree. He said, yeah. God, if you let me live through this, I'll do a CD for you. There you go. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mom. Oh, that must mean it's time for a cowtail. Sure. Okay. They are now having live sex shows uh, with <laughs> bulls. Live sex shows with bulls. Yep. Now that sounds kind of kind of naughty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people really like it. Apparently, of course, this uh, unfortunately isn't happening in Japan, but in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. <laughs> they, yeah. Um, They're becoming, uh, these cow sex shows are becoming an attraction at agricultural exhibitions. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they're actually just artificially inseminating cows. Right. Okay, so what they do is they have this fake cow. A fake cow. A fake cow, right? (laughs) Which is actually a small go-kart with cowhide on the roof. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, right. And it is used to uh, get the bulls excited. I get kind of excited whenever I see a, a go-kart dressed up like a cow. Well, maybe you should get into this artificial insemination yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe then. I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what they do is they drive this uh, little go-kart, mm-hmm. you know, someone, this, yeah. the poor guy, drives this <laughs> into the pen where the bull is. Okay. Now, this is a bull, right? And he sees the car <laughs> with the, the cow, cow, yeah. cow hide on it. Right. And, of course, you know, he's really dumb. So he's like, wow, a really hot-looking cow. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He mounts it. Oh, my God. Yep. He starts humping the go-kart. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and th- this is great. Here's a quote from the driver. Yeah. Okay. He says, it's quite a daunting feeling when you consider you've got a bull here that weighs a 1,000 kilograms <laughs> sitting on the top of you. <laughs> and he's in quite an aggressive mood. Oh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Man, I think I just get the hell out of there at that point. Yeah, and then he uh, he gets off the bull. <laughs> the bull gets off, so to speak. The driver not, gets off and he runs off. for his life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and they collect his semen. Now, there's another fun job. Yeah. And so, apparently, this is like, you know, people are having fun watching this. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a spectator sport. It's like a freak show. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. This is, you have to buy tickets to watch this? Well, you know, it's at these agriculture exhibitions, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, those farm people have to do something for fun. Man, what kind of, This is New Zealand? Yeah. Now, but actually, they use machines like... Yeah. I mean, a similar concept in Europe and other places as well. It's just that in New Zealand, uh, they don't have it. And these, you know, country folk just kind of, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's a pastime watching uh-huh. bulls get off. By the way, do you think a fake cow has a fake orgasm? <laughs> I think maybe the, the police should be called in on this. Well, you know, this isn't uh, quite as bad, though, as those uh, sexy cows Nancy was talking about. Oh, we got a great email from Nancy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a bit of a controversial email, though, I have to mm-hmm. warn everyone. I wasn't really sure what I thought about yeah. it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought this is a great email. Yeah, I this was is, uh, mm, a bit stumped. I, was like, <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Now, I did want to send out a big mood to Nancy, though, because it was really nice of her to share a story. It is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So, here's for you, Nancy. Nancy's our friend from uh, Tampa, Florida, I believe. She's uh, an American woman who's married to a Japanese man there. She has discovered something that could be, I think, revolutionary in helping to increase the birth rate in Japan, which, as we all know, uh, is becoming a problem. Now, she has discovered, according to her husband, whenever he eats uh, American meat, he gets horny. American beef. American beef. American cows. American cows. It makes him horny. So we have sexy cows. <laughs> because of the hormones, apparently, in, in whatever the cows are oh. eating. Yeah. So he doesn't go out into a pasture, look at the cows, and then eat the beef. No, that's not the point. I see. <laughs> okay. Just eating the beef, because of the hormones in there, is making him horny. Hor- that's why they call them hormones. Hormones? Horny. I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the fact that American beef is finally being allowed back into Japan is a ray of hope, a ray of sunshine, that maybe now... The men of Japan will get like, you know, so horny by eating American beef that they will indeed increase the birth rate. It'll go shooting back up. All because of cows. Yeah. So cows are the new Viagra. Exactly. Cows are the new Viagra. Wow. Yeah, according to Nancy. Mm. Now, Nancy could be crazy. That's a possibility. Her husband could be crazy. Their whole family could be crazy. Well, (laughs) any of you women out there who are, you know, dissatisfied lately Uh with your husbands and get them some of that American beef. Yeah, we'd like to hear, we'd like to hear from other people. Are people having the same uh, experience with American beef? Are people getting, getting boners from American beef? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Nancy says, so she kind of apologized to you. Because she knows, you know. Which I thought that was nice. She's very... Because you you love cows. She knew I would be sensitive about the subject. But she she said, look at it this way. The cows are going to become like martyrs. They're giving up their lives so that Japan can have, can raise their birth rate. And uh, perhaps the cows will even become the new national symbol instead of the cherry blossom. Now, that I would like. Mm -hmm. I would like to have, I mean, it's, it's the symbol, you know, already for me. Yeah. I'm not sure if she's saying only Japanese men get horny when they eat American beef, or if it's a worldwide phenomenon. But we will. We will go out and do some research. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find out exactly what's going on, because this is a critical issue. Okay, thanks, Nancy. We also got an email from our friend Mal in London, who's opening a a Japanese restaurant there. He uh, sent us a picture. Last week, we talked about the square watermelons. He sent us a picture of a square watermelon, which was even more expensive than the one we saw, which was 13000 The one he saw was 20000 Wow, it must be yeah. really square. It's pretty damn square. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Mel claims that one of the reasons that they make square watermelons is because it's much easier to slice it like like uh, like you would a loaf of bread. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Why didn't we think of that? You just like have square slices of watermelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much easier to... Because everybody knows how nearly impossible it is to cut a watermelon that's oval-shaped. So it's a safety issue, really. It's a safety issue. Right, safety yeah. Japan. Exactly. Right, yeah. okay. So, thanks, Mel. Well, it's time once again for Blog of the Week. Ooh. Yeah. And what's our Blog of the Week this Blog of the time? Week this time is actually a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's from uh, our friend Stephen Nelson over in Miyagi. Oh, in Japan. Yeah. Now, Excellent. I'm wondering I'm wondering if uh, Stephen Nelson has a has a twin brother. Why do you wonder that? It seems like if he if he had a twin brother, he would be like a half Nelson. Uh, of course. You know, that may be our, our very first wrestling joke. Indeed. Yeah. We Maybe should do, our last. We, <laughs> I don't know. We should do more <laughs> wrestling jokes. 
Stephen and uh, Will McDuff put together this nice little podcast for MayJet, which is an association of uh, jet teachers over in Miyagi. And uh, the podcast is for people who want to teach or people living in Japan? It's for other jet teachers, but it's also for anybody who's kind of interested in what's going on in that area. They talk a lot about some of the uh, cultural things, the music and the art in that area and events that are going on and things like that. They play some nice samples of music and uh, it's kind of cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, even had a very interesting interview with other jet teachers about whether or not they had been the victim of Kancho which, uh, as you recall, we discussed uh, a few months ago on on this very program. People should check it out. Definitely do. Indeed. The Mayjet Mm. Podcast. We'll put a link on the blog. It's our blog of the week. Don't tell me. It must be time for Auto Pneumonics Kanji. You got it. Oh, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Okay, this week's uh, Audio Pneumonics Kanji is the kanji for fish. Sakana. Actually, the way to remember this is quite easy because it looks like a walking fish. Imagine a square fish walking. You don't see that a lot. Well, you don't. However, (laughs) (laughs) some people do. (laughs) After a lot of drinking, yeah. Yeah. If you eat sashimi, right, Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll eat sashimi while it's actually still moving. Oh, yeah. Now, how do you think that fish got to your plate? Of course, it walked out of the sea. It would have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. It's sakana. It's a a square with four quadrants, Mm -hmm. a little hooked head on it. Yep. And how many legs do you think a fish has? Four little legs. Of course, yeah. four legs. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Of course. <laughs> and there you got it. Uh-huh. Now, mostly it's uh, sakana, but it also has other pronunciations such as gyo, uo, and um, that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the word for grilled fish is yakizakana. Okay. And a fish, a fish shop is uh, sakanaya. That's this week's. Audio mnemonics kanji. Well, I just want to remind everybody that they have until July 10th to enter the big uh, Planet Japan Lucky 7 contest number 5. And all they have to do is go to our contest page at the website, which is planetjapan.org. And we'll choose a winner next week. And we'll also introduce a brand new contest next week. Great. Good luck to everyone. Gambate. So I just want to say happy birthday to America. Happy birthday to you. Happy. They're 230 years old this year. They don't look a day over 225, though. Definitely not. Yeah. Hmm. But I thought you were supposed to get wiser as you got older. You would think so. Oh, well. Yeah. But I hope all our American friends had a, had a great holiday, uh, enjoyed the fireworks and the picnics and the barbecues. We didn't really do any of that. <laughs> no, no. I, no, July 4th is not really a big occasion over here. But this okay. weekend, we're looking forward to the big dog beach party at, oh, yeah, that's at right. the Moo Bar. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. Bring your dog. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget your dog. <laughs> We've got 20 dogs so far. So. Is it only dogs, no cats? No cats. Well, see, that's um, kind of discriminatory, isn't it? Well, cats just don't enjoy the beach in the same way dogs do. Cats do enjoy the sand, though. This is true. Yeah, it's like a giant uh, litter, litter box. box. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why they're not invited. I see. <laughs> and we have a special <clears throat> doggy cocktail. Oh, what's that? Well, I can't exactly give you the uh, recipe, but um, it's from a friend of mine who is an author and TV and radio personality in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Oh. And uh, she works with dogs, mm-hmm. and she's written lo- five books on dogs. And recipes and stuff. She gave me the idea to um, 
do this great cocktail for dogs. You can find out how to make it by going to her website, oh. which is wendysdoggybags.com. And there's a video <laughs> of her on TV showing how to make these popsicles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doggy popsicles? Yep, doggy popsicles. Really? Yeah, and they're really awesome. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, everybody knows how much dogs enjoy popsicles. That's right. So uh, those are going to debut at the Moo Bar this weekend. That'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, happy uh, happy beach party to the dogs. Yep. I think for that day we're going to have to change the name of the Moo Bar to the Moo Woof Bar. The Moo Woof Bar. Or the Moo Woof Moo Bar. The Moof Bar. <laughs> the Moof Bar. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I like it. Hey, we're getting out of here now before we wear out our welcome. And we're going to end the show tonight with something... Totally strange, but I kind of like it. It's a guy with a little bit of computer humor, and uh, he's taken a tune from a very famous movie that I just happen to like a lot. And so we're going to end the show with it tonight. It's Coroner Gilmore by Amy Lou, and it's from the Podsafe Music Network over at music.podshow.com. We hope everyone had a good time. We're going to see you again here next week. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy the big uh, finals at the uh, World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's right. Have a moon week, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Sayonara.